0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's
1: only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
0: There was something I read where it said you could either work at building your bank or you can work at building your brand. And uh, there is no right or wrong answer, but it's right or wrong as far as the timing of it.
1: Happy Holidays! It's Tony Howell and I am so excited and grateful to bring you this next episode of Conversations with Changemakers. Wherever this episode finds you, whenever it finds you, I want you to join me and take just a moment of gratitude. Think about everything you have and think about all that you've already achieved and accomplished. As we head into the new year, I am excited to help you make change, change the world, design our future. And that brings me to this month's guest. Joe Roscoe is the founder and CEO of Built For The Stage. They've been on the scene since 2014. And like me, Built For The Stage believes that actors are athletes. Therefore, they need to train like one. And hopefully, eventually, we can get paid like one too. Built For The Stage offers custom personal training, nutrition planning, and they provide the coaching, the community, and the tools needed to actually get results. I am a new member of the Built For The Stage fam, and I do want to warn you, some of these side effects can include improved confidence and improved mental health. Built for the Stage has clients all over the world, all over social media, but most importantly, their clients have been seen in over 50 Broadway shows and they offer free weekly classes on Playbill and incredibly awesome guests on the Built for the Stage podcast. But right now in 2020 with the pandemic still harshly affecting the United States and shutting down the performing arts industry, I wanted to have this frank conversation with Joe about how, we can take care of ourselves as well as each other. So in this episode, we'll obviously discuss physical fitness and personal training, but we are gonna dive into mental health, digital wellness, and entrepreneurship. Buckle up because you are about to be built for the stage. Joe Roscoe, thank you for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you because I wanted to have you on. It's been a crazy year, but I've seen you killing it for 11 months and prior to that and I'm just like I need to talk to Joe so I took it upon myself to sign up for your free trial to begin my built for the stage journey Uh, but before we get into that can you give us uh, because this is the first time I've met you can you tell us a little bit about you your story how built for the stage came about
0: yeah sure Um, I am built for the stage my life literally when I came out of the womb like it was it was destiny. So I grew up in a very athletic family. So I played sports my whole life, I played three sports. And then in seventh grade, my uh, little middle school girlfriend at the time uh, was begging me to audition for the school play with her. And it was much ado about nothing. And I was cast in the show and she was not. So I did this whole thing just to, you know, spend time with, you know, you, do, you don't drive or you really don't have any way of hanging out with your girlfriend at the time because you don't have a car. So you have to do after school activities. So I'm stuck doing this Shakespeare play as a, you know, a typical jock and my girlfriend's not even in the show. And I, I didn't like any of it. I hated it. But my. I have to, I always tell the story because I owe Kelly Scourge, my middle school choir teacher, um, basically all of this because she sat me down after the show, uh, in study hall and was like, Hey, we're doing guys and dolls junior. Just give it one more try. You're really going to like it. You're going to like it. I promise. So she convinced me to give it another try. And indeed, I loved it. And ever since that moment, I was doing my three sports and also every school production um, up until I graduated high school. Um, I then decided to go to school for musical theater. I went to Coastal Carolina for musical theater. Um, Also wanted to stay involved with sports and fitness. So I got my personal training certification at that time. So I was just 18 Um, and I missed Sports, though, still, and I would be in my college dorm room hearing the loudspeaker of the football game crying in my dorm room because I missed football as well. So I was crazy and I walked onto my football team my sophomore year and basically the rest of the time spent, you know, from 5 a.m. until 11 p.m. juggling class sports and uh, my musical theater program all at the same time. So fast forward, uh, I do summer stock throughout um, college, and then I graduate, move to New York, uh, do regional theater. All the while, I'm still training all of my cast mates, you know, as a trainer and an actor. It was just kind of a natural circumstance where my cast members were always, you know, wanting to train with me. And that's kind of how the organic evolution of Built for the Stage began, where I was predominantly training actors um, got burnt out doing a show for, for two years back in 2013, um, came back to New York in 2014 and said I was going to take a little break and that break has now been over six years. So here I am, um, you know, doing my thing with Bill for the stage. The
1: two year job, is at a national tour?
0: Uh, no, it was actually a, a sit down, um, in Missouri, I was playing, uh, Joseph and, uh, it was just a lot. I was on on the stage for a long time and, yeah, came back and was like, I just need to take a breath. And it was, it's been a long one.
1: <laughs> I'm with you on that. I wanted to talk to you because I feel because of the pandemic, um, obviously our industry is not just going to, like, kickstart tomorrow. We still have to deal with COVID-19. And so there is a huge percentage of our industry that's working with Built for the Stage. <laughs> There's also a huge percentage of our industry that I think – they're looking for possibly, you know, pivoting or something else that they can do on the side. Um, Before we dive into the entrepreneurial side, let's talk about that needing to take a breath. Uh, In my mind, it's like, it's just some self-care. So I know from working with you that I feel better when I go to the gym. Um, What can you share about the connection between mental and physical health?
0: Yeah, they're, they're definitely connected, for instance, just yesterday, the way my schedule uh, transpired, I wasn't able to get to the gym until around six at night. And typically I like to get my uh, training session done in the morning because it just sets the tone for my day and I literally feel better physically, mentally, spiritually. And I just was sluggish and feeling kind of low, um, melancholic, if you will. And then I'm basically, sleep driving to the gym, like, what am I doing? This is pointless. And I got there and got in my session, and it's like, oh, I, I wish I only, I had more than just three or four hours left of my day because now I actually feel alive, you know, I feel great. So, you know, it, as we're huge on cliche statements here at Build for the Stage, we feel that they're cliche for a reason because they're they're the truth. And that's why they're overly said, because they're the truth. And, and one is, you know, body, mind and spirit are all connected. And no matter how much you want to try to put that off and feel as though you can have just one or the other, it's just not going to happen. They, they all are truly connected
1: beyond a workout every day or three, five times a week. What are some other ways that you take care of your body, mind, and spirit?
0: Yeah, um, big thing during the pandemic I've been trying to do is when I wake up, I leave my phone at my bedstand, uh, my nightstand, and then you know exit my bedroom and go about whatever morning routines I need to. Uh, some days I'll journal, I'll read, Uh, I'll get right to breakfast if I'm hungry, but leaving the phone behind um, has been highly beneficial uh, for mental health. And um, I always keep a schedule um, on my Google Calendar, but another thing that helps me as well is just, even though I have it there, I'll physically write out my schedule just to kind of take a, a literal physical breath, like, Obviously breathing, you're taking a physical breath, but it, in a metaphoric way, I'm kind of breathing that all out as I'm writing it down, just to let myself know that like, even even though your day seems busy or um, kind of high on the totem pole in comparison to maybe other days, it's just letting myself know like, you're gonna get through it. It's not as bad as you think seeing it on the paper.
1: I like that. And it'll help you remember things. I missed an appointment on Sunday. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I gotta poke around.
0: You said you drive to the gym. Where are you? Where are you based? Well, so the pandemic hit, I, I lived, I was in New York city. Um, and I was just kind of staring at the four walls, paying the rent that we pay in New York. <laughs> and it was May. It was May. And I was like, I'm going to just going to go down the coast And check out some places I've always wanted to, like Virginia Beach, Charleston, South Carolina. So as as, uh, I was driving down uh, with my wife, we were planning to make our final stop in Sarasota, Florida. And we didn't know what would come of it. it. We just did a short-term rental for three months. And we really liked it. We liked the vibe for the pandemic. And so what I've been doing is... uh, I've been based down here and flying up to New York when needed for work. Uh, So, yeah, I'm down here in Florida.
1: I'm in Mexico today. So (laughs) for the listeners, I just I want to highlight there that we've both created location freedom. And I think we'll see a little bit more of that in the entertainment industry as we find new ways to create art uh, remotely. One of the other things that you were talking about was like how you were juggling so many things in middle school, you were able to do sports and whatnot. So can you tell us what a typical day for Joe looks like in 2020?
0: Yeah, yeah, 2020 has been tough because my whole life has been just go, go, go. Um, Not always to my benefit, you know, it's kind of like my, it's, uh, uh, the the ups and downs of Joe Roscoe. Sometimes I need to put the brakes on, but I, I tend not to. I love my clients, obviously, um, but it's a lot of just hearing uh, people's uh, ups and downs. The pandemic especially has been challenging for me mentally and emotionally because uh, indirectly, I'm kind of carrying that load of my clients um, and my clientele is predominantly 99% performers. And it's been such a trying and difficult time for them during this pandemic. So a lot of it has been not so much like, hey, I need help with technique on this movement, but it's more so been like, hey, please help me get back to this because I just can't find my way to continue to work out in the midst of the struggles and stress. Um, So each day there's lots and lots of messages to talk with clients about um and then there's the uh setting up interviews like you're very aware of for either my podcast, Bill for the Stage podcast. I have a Monday series with Playbill where every Monday I'm interviewing a uh, usually a Broadway actor and maybe doing a little fitness with them. Um and yeah, just <laughs> doing the financials, the mark. yeah, it's it, I, I'm I'm becoming less and less of a one-man show, which is great. I'm I've brought on a team, but there is a lot of logistics behind the scenes that's more than just, you know, here's your sets and reps and what you should do training-wise. There's lots, lots of business things that I'm having to always balance throughout the day.
1: Well, let me throw this your way and tell you that you do it all beautifully. I'm a fan, and I will speak to the entrepreneurs that are listening that like You've really done a great job of the onboarding process, the free trial, the service itself is really wonderful. So everyone should go check out Built for the Stage, give them a shot, do the free trial. Um, And I think what's really incredible is is the remote training. This is the thing that I think COVID is going to open up for a lot of different industries is like this idea of online remote collaboration. So kudos to you. Let's rewind uh, for the person who's listening who has an itch to start some sort of business, but they're scared that they're not gonna be able to be an actor and to run a business. Now you and I are two entrepreneurs, actors turned entrepreneurs that, but what should that person know about starting a side hustle? Um, what, What did the beginning of your business look like?
0: Yeah, I think it's important to like know why you're getting into it and what your vision for it is five or 10 years down the road. Uh, If it doesn't go that far, if it strictly is just a side hustle, then you might just want to dive in headfirst right out of the gate and just start hustling. Um, If you see it a little bit further down the road and see it as something that you really truly want to lay seed into, then first I would get around as many people that have already done it than that you can if you're wanting to really see this further down the road, five or 10 years from now, I would encourage you to surround yourself with as many people that have already done it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the exact um, topic or, or business field that you are wanting to enter into, but just someone who has, has done the grind of starting their own business and seemingly is successful at it. And you obviously can learn a lot from that. Um, And then it's, it's faking it until you, until you make it from that person or the other resources that you study or uh, listen to. You then try to adapt that in your own way and just continue to figure it out as you go. As an entrepreneur, you have to be resilient. You have to be willing to uh, pivot ball change for your life, just pivoting and pivoting and pivoting. And you have to have thick skin as well. And just like in a career of theater, you can't just like the idea of being an entrepreneur or the idea of being your own boss or the idea of of owning your own business. But you have to be willing to do what it takes and to accept all of the responsibility that comes with it. You know, an employee might have a list of things that they uh, can be Uh, upset about or, or not love. But at the end of the day, they typically go to bed at night, you know, not worrying about if their job's going to be there tomorrow. Whereas the entrepreneur, especially in 2020, um, you're, you're just maybe wide awake at night thinking, how will we survive? So um, whoever out there is looking to start, surround yourself with people that have already done it. Make sure that, it's not just the idea, but that you are willing to kind of dig your feet in the sand and get ready for some work.
1: I I do want to also address maybe a higher level listener who already has been doing a side hustle. They've been training their friends and whatnot. So what is the mindset shift or that you made to go from freelancer to owner of a company?
0: Yeah, it's, um, However you do it, it's, it's really about uh, systems. It's really about what you can make maintainable. And, and no matter what is thrown at you, there's a system in place. Um, so whether you're a trainer or whoever you are, if you're just kind of winging it day by day and, and every day is a new way of you doing it, it's going to be difficult for you to sustain that over time. And if it truly will be a business and and uh, flourish enough where you need other people to come on board, then it, it's not going to work by you just, you know, doing your circular fashion of the one man show. But systems, I would say, is one of your most untangible, like no negotiation. You have to have systems.
1: One of the things that I think is interesting is. In fitness and then in entrepreneurship, this idea of embracing failure. We always like look up to the overnight successes, but where does failure fit in? Like, have you had any recent failures that you can share with us or how do you look at that, that word?
0: Yeah, uh, I think failure is important and is a stepping stone for any true, uh, feat of greatness. Um, I, I don't know. Where can I start? There's such a long list. (laughs) Um, There's yeah, there's things that I look back on that drive me wild that I failed at. And I just, you know, kick myself over and over about. But when you really step back, you realize that the success I have now would have probably not happened unless that unless those failures occurred. Um, I guess one would be I, in the midst of that break in New York, it was back in 2017, I think. I I moved back, no, no, 2015. Moved back to Ohio, my home state, and started uh, two gyms of my own with a partner, um, one of my uh, close friends. And the gyms are still going, but the partnership didn't go great. And what I thought would happen, um, blindly I thought would happen, did not happen. And the gyms are still running and the people are great there, but I ended up coming back to New York, learning a huge lesson on business. Basically the money I invested was pretty much like I invested in, you know, going to real life business school. Um, (laughs) So when I came back, I was, I was all the better for it. And now when uh, I started another gym in New York with a friend uh, and then finally did bill for the stage. but. Without those failures back in Ohio, I wouldn't have learned the lessons I needed to, to kind of, um, be where I'm at right now.
1: So failure is necessary. I hate it, but I guess we have to embrace it. Um, let's talk about mistakes. So there's probably a lot of pet peeves that you have when you're at the gym and you see, but, um, (laughs) hear from the expert, what are the biggest mistakes that you see people make in the world of being built for the stage?
0: I think one is, is, the especially now on like the world of Instagram and social media, the, the content producers, you know, you, you start to run out of content or movements. So there's all these like crazy exercise movements out there um, or programs, and it really is nothing more than clickbait and making the consumer feel as though this is like the next best thing when really they probably just need to squat, deadlift, press, and bench for movements that – for strength is uh, uh, um, what I'm talking about. Four movements that have been around since, you know, I don't know, at the beginning of time. We all have to sit, put things over our head, and pick things up. Um, so I would first say uh, start simple and probably stay simple. And it's more so how you kind of create the um, – the, the, ing- not the ingredients, but the, the, I'll say the meal and, uh, to speak metaphorically. You know, you have your ingredients, um, like we do in the kitchen, but there's a million different things you can do with those simple ingredients. And in fitness, that's the same thing. And that's why having, uh, you know, an educated or experienced coach is important because there's ways that you can lay out a structure, um, around those key ingredients to make something extremely, uh, beneficial and, and leads to success. Another thing I would say is that every this kind of goes back to the social media thing. Every workout shouldn't be a knockout punch. So usually what you see on social media is you know people dying, just breathing so heavily and lay it out on the floor, which is you know all well and good sometimes, but you to progressively uh, be successful over time, the body shouldn't endure such stress like that on a daily basis. Um, So knowing when you should be going 50%, 70%, 100%, and also just understanding percentages too. Like, uh, you know, if I told you, hey, I want you to run your one mile pace at 70%, do you know how to calculate those percentages? Do you have the patience? Some people, they're like, ah, screw it. That's not even worth it. But it just all depends on how much you want to want to get out of it. So kind of speaking as a brainy coach, keep it simple and you have to strategically know how to lay out a linear progression. And that's what a coach can do for you as well. It's not just about your one day or your one week or even your month. It goes into quarters of the year and so, so on and so forth.
1: I like it. I mean, I told you my goals and every day I'm like, yeah, I'm, every day isn't a knockout, but mm. I'm leaving comments telling you this one was a knockout. <laughs> not, not, to
0: so, in, not to interrupt, but just saying all of that really, it's the same for being an entrepreneur. You know, you, you can't just have the daily plan or weekly plan or, you know, you have to have your, your year per se mapped out of where you're going. And if you don't, Yeah, you can make some progress just like we can in fitness, but if you really have your ducks in a row, that's when you're going to see yourself skyrocket and really get those results you're looking for. So
1: you kind of work uh, a bridge between in-person, what would traditionally be an in-person job of like being with a client and training them and having this online business. And then you're also partnering left and right with Playbill and other brands what is your prediction for 2021? This digital age that we're going to be in, and specifically, what does it mean for the theater industry? Mm.
0: Well, um, for for businesses or, or trainers, um, I think the online platform is is kind of now undeniable. You know, before there was businesses where oh they're they were just online or they were still brick and mortar. But I feel now, you, after the pandemic, you won't have a choice. Um, you'll you'll have to offer some type of online um, product or service of some sort. As far as the theater industry goes, it's just it's tough to say because, like we were saying before, things aren't just going to return immediately. You know, back to normal. So. I, I envision them doing more online performances in open spaces. I think what you've seen from Open Jar Studios in New York City where they have a, a very large rehearsal uh, space they've been using for performances with tables, with like the plexiglass dividers. And, and a, usually it's been a one man or one woman show where they're doing a concert of some sort. I think you're gonna see that on a, on a larger scale where you'll see more performances on the stage that are also being live streamed online. Um, And I think, I also think for the industry, you see it now on Netflix with Hamilton, with Diana coming out. I think it's going to start to become normalized to have your show recorded and produced. I think for the longest time the industry fought it because they thought, if they did that, then no one would travel to New York to see the show or the people in New York would see something else because they've already seen your thing on, on, on TV. Um, but I think that's going to, that theory is going to be torn down. And I think we're going to see a lot more, if not all productions being produced, um, on camera.
1: I mean, you have some physical products and I, I have a client right now who's an opera singer and she has productions of her operas available for sale on her new website. So I think you're absolutely right. And then as a business person, um, have you seen increased revenue because you've been able to sell swag and things like that?
0: Uh, for me, it's tough to tell because I honestly, from the beginning, I when I started Bill for the Stage, it was remote only from the start. Uh, we never were brick and mortar. I always trained all the clients online as well as sold my merchandise um, online as well. So I think it, if anything, all of this will help um, just because now it's becoming more uh, normalized. So – uh, I haven't seen anything significant, like I said, just because myself, my, I kind of already started doing this before the pandemic even hit, which was actually very fortunate for us. Um, so yeah, that's all I really could say for that question.
1: What is the day-to-day practice that you have with social media? So you talk about going to the gym and like, you know, really getting it done. How do you get in and get out when it comes to digital platforms?
0: Yeah, I like to. As far as running my business on social media, I like to use Instagram uh, drafts. So if you if you go into Instagram and you go to create a post, um, you know you choose your photos or videos, whatever the content will be. Type out your post, get it all ready, and then if you click back a few times as much as you can, it'll ask you if you want to save it as a draft. So I basically, uh, you know, I set aside a, a day or two in my week to get all of those ready so that when it comes time for the post to go up, you know, I'm not having to stop everything or schedule something out within that particular day to do it. I already have it ready. Um, so the posting doesn't really take much time. Uh, I try to interact with people, um, followers, uh, three times a day, um, And that's just, you know, to try to keep the engagement of the clients or uh, potential clients there. So whether that's through DMs or people tagging us um, or just relevant things that I see on social media. But um, the drafts really help. And then the three times a day is uh, intentional so that I'm not just sitting there just kind of uh, being reactive, but instead choosing when I'm going to be on social media.
1: What about your email inbox? What are your practices for managing email?
0: I I check it uh, pretty close. Not first thing. It's not the first thing I do, but I try to get to it before uh, 10 a.m. And when I look at it, I don't open. I just don't open and start hitting forward as I go along. I'll just look at my subject fields and see what is uh, needed to be taken care of immediately And then things that I know that I can address later on in the day, I read a book, can't remember what it's called. I'm not very good with titles or names of of people um, to my dismay, but uh, something that really helped me was they talked about your productivity um, uh, mentally during certain points of the day. So like A lot of people want to get up and first thing, like feel good about themselves and check their emails and like, you know, check mark off the list when really you should be doing, this is the opinion of the author and I found it to be true. You should be doing more, um, managerial or things, uh, we were talking about those systems before things that require some thinking. Um, but aren't kind of what you might say, quote unquote, to be like mindless. And then once you get towards like that mid morning of 11 a.m. or so, that's when you want to do your most like creative or most uh, activities that you need all of that uh, brain stimulus to be your best. And then the end of the day really should be kind of like, all right, no matter how burnt out I am, you know, I can address these certain emails or certain just kind of like checkbox lists. So that's how I try to go about the day.
1: So it sounds a little bit like a workout. You hit the heavy stuff first, <laughs> then you go moderate and then you go for the light fun stuff at the end of your day. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: You could say that for
1: sure. How do you feel right now? I mean, I look at you as successful. I don't know if you feel the same way. Like once you're inside something and, and keeping it running, it can be a different experience. But was there a specific moment that you were like, wow, I built this thing and it's <laughs> successful?
0: Um, Yeah, yeah, definitely. So there, you know, there was the building block phase in the beginning of, of the business and uh, things, you know, slowly started to pick up. But I think it was, I guess this was back in maybe the summer of 2018, I was starting to get text messages from friends uh, saying like, hey, this is when the pandemic wasn't going on. Um, I saw some random person walking down the street with a Bill for the Stage shirt on, or I saw somebody in the gym with a Bill for the Stage hat, or I saw someone at the gym and they had their phone looking at their app and I could tell that they were doing Bill for the Stage. Like, So that I think was, when that started to happen, that was a cool moment where like, oh wow, you know, it's it's spreading. It's spreading.
1: Rewind back a little bit more. What did the very first few years look and feel like for you?
0: When I first started, I had a vision of what it could be because I had seen other people in the industry create programs um, similar to it, not for actors, but fitness programs. And I had even been, you know, a, a client or someone who had followed these programs. And I knew I could do this like. I know the business side of it. Um, now, I, I had a, a friend of mine that I was very fortunate to meet that is a very successful businessman that taught me a lot. And then the fitness side I had been doing since I was 18. And I've practiced so many different outlets of fitness. So I knew I could do it. And then it was just a matter of starting it. And I just I feel like I never got discouraged by the low numbers because when you're just starting out, if you, you know, you I want thousands and thousands of people to do my program and you're just starting out and you have four people, you know, if if you look too far ahead, that, that could be mighty discouraging. So I think I just knew that I had gone along the journey already so much to get to where I was at. And it was just a matter of continuing to put one foot in front of the next. And that's pretty much where I'm at now. Even now, like, I don't think I'm, six. Su- I, you know, I don't want to say that or be ungrateful for what, what has happened, but I'll just say I'm not satisfied or settled with where I'm at. I think that this is just the beginning still and built for the stage could be so much more. And yeah, so we're just still just like the beginning, just one foot in front of the other, another cliche statement, but you know, it's true. It's, it's what's needed. So
1: as you've progressed, you have added people to your team. And I think that that is one of the things for new entrepreneurs that it's hard to let go of your baby to give other people responsibilities. So at what point did you bring on other people? How, how, and when do you make those hiring decisions?
0: Yeah, I I think it was, I think it's beneficial, um, in the beginning as much as you can, you know, especially if you're not, uh, you don't have some type of capital investment where you're able to hire people right out of the gate. I think there is uh, some bit of uh, a benefit to doing everything, so you kind of learn how the you know the bones of the business work. I remember having a a serving job when I was sixteen, and the owner required you, even if you're going to be a server, he required you to work the kitchen and work the everything. And he he wanted you to know how it all worked. I haven't done a job since then where someone's required me to do it, but I think it's extremely important as an entrepreneur to know how all of those things function. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to do them forever, but it definitely helps in the long run. And as you go about that, there just comes a point where you're realizing, hey, or I should say, there comes a point where you, you must realize, you must make this educated decision to say, I could either continue to try to do all of this myself and not allow my business to progress because I'm unwilling to let go, or I need to start letting go. And then as far as making the decision of what to let go of, you first should let go of what you're not the best at or what you don't enjoy doing. And you could see someone else um, flourishing in so that's where i started what do i love to do okay continue to do that what are things i don't love to do or i know someone else can do better than me and then i just started from there and um, the more we continue to grow the more you have to make those decisions so
1: if someone is sitting here going all right i guess like i need to start something because i need to start making money how do they go about figuring out what path that they should pursue?
0: You have to go with your passion. So sometimes, you know, you see successful uh, business people out there that are crushing it, but it's not even their passion. You know, like whatever. Some, some guy owns a donut shop and he's crushing it, but he doesn't even like donuts. You see that. You see that. So that that person's passion might be making money or creating successful businesses. And that's fine. So that if that's you, then you should keep that in the forefront of, you know, for example, opening a gym, a lot of the time I have to be real opening a gym. It's not the most uh, successful as far as economically making tons and tons of money. If you want to make tons and tons of money off the gym, you're going to have to have a lot of capital backing and, and do something pretty large. So if you have a passion for fitness, but, you, but your passion for running a business that makes significant amounts of money is greater than that, then you don't want to go into the gym business, you know, but if the passion, if your main passion is fitness or the gym, then Regardless of the money, you probably want to go after that passion of the gym. So what I'm trying to just get at is whatever it is you're 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 going to be getting into, know that you're going to be eat, sleeping, breathing it 24-7. So you better like what it is. Um, and I think that's a tough line – to balance as well. Once again, going back to that thing of saying some people like the idea, but they don't really, they aren't really willing to do what it takes. You, you know, when you're unemployed right now in the pandemic, you might be thinking I have to start my own thing and you might have to out of survival, but the reality is it might not be for you, you know, and that's okay, and that's okay. There, Not everyone should own their own business. Um, not everyone should be an entrepreneur and just as the same as not everyone should be an employee, you know, we all are very unique people and, um, you have to follow the passion. I
1: love that you said that. Um, because yeah, I mean, my intention was to have you on because clearly There's an industry that's hurting, so I wanted to get your perspective uh, of different ways that you can help take care of them. Uh, And one of the things, you've interviewed dozens of people through Playbill as well as through the Built for the Stage podcast. Are there any through lines, any big ideas that you hear over and over from your guests?
0: Yeah, um, it's a pretty uh, strong statement, but I'll say a large part of success can be about who you know. And the actors and performers that I interview, a lot of the time it's about when they get their foot in the door and they get that chance that not only did they come through as performers, but they came through as people as well. And a lot of the time it just comes down to who do I enjoy working with? Who do I like to have in the room? So when these people are booking show after show, a lot of the time, they might be the same talent level as someone else, or maybe just even a touch less. But the the, the people casting the show know that oh, so and so is good people. They're good to have around. They're going to be good for the morale of the cast, and so on and so forth. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest driving factors. Like, be a good human, um, and and really get to know as many people as you can. If it is all about who you know, then the more people you know and the more positive relationships you have, you know, the better it'll be for you in the long run.
1: Speaking of good people, good people to know, hey Joe,
0: <laughs> what you got coming down the pipeline? What, what's built for the stage working on? What are, we, what are we working on right now? Right now, there was something I read where it said, you could either work at building your bank or you can work at building your brand. And uh, there is no right or wrong answer, but it's right or wrong as far as the timing of it. So right now, I run a business that is targeted towards actors and performers that are out of work, hurting, and probably never at a lower point in their life than right now. So we made the decision to really focus on just building our brand and, and not trying to constantly Sell people. So, things that we've been doing, um, we did this uh, big special. We lowered our prices to $8 a month during the height of the pandemic back in March and April. And we donated all that to the Actors Fund. And when we returned to our normal pricing, we've continued to donate those $8 to the Actors Fund every month. Um, So, every first of the month, we've been uh, contributing a, a great amount. I'll just modestly say that. And now, coming into the holidays, we're starting a thing called the gift of theater where we're donating all profits of apparel and uh, new subscriptions to unemployed theater parents that are in need. Um, like I said earlier in the interview, you know, I've heard story after story after story of these um, just unfortunate circumstances, and a lot of them have been parents. So that hit home for us because you know, that you have your, your kids involved as well, that really have nothing. They're helpless in that sense. So we're going to be, uh, donating that, uh, to all of the unemployed theater parents that we have within our community that we have on a list. And we're excited for that. That's up until December 15th. Um, we'll also be running a special, um, where people can sign up for a dollar, um, for the rest of the year as like, um yeah, sort of a, a holiday special and they'll get a t-shirt come January 1st. And once again, the those fundings will go to those theater parents um, as well um, come January 1st. So yeah, we're just trying to, that, that's what's in the pipeline. It's just helping people as much as we can and knowing that in 2021 or whenever it is, You know, people at that point will remember Bill for the Stage to be a a business that was looking to help others and instead of just continuing to try to pad their bank account.
1: Amen. And thank you for that. And I, I would say I would applaud you. And that's also why we're here is because like I see you everywhere. Fast forward for me. It's the year 2030. Where is Joe Roscoe? What does his life look like?
0: Yeah, I, I hope to be not only helping uh, clients with their fitness, but I hope to be helping trainers with their profession. I hope to um, have a a whole team of actor trainers, training actors um, through Bill for the Stage. Um, I also hope to be creating other platforms for businesses that are wanting to start online in the fitness industry that are outside of theater. Um, I've kind of started to dabble in that as well. So going back to systems, I hope to take the systems that I've built and help others using that system and overseeing those, you know, all the while.
1: Now rewind for me. It's the year 2010. Think about where you were Uh and what advice would you give yourself from the year 2020? Mm.
0: I would, I would, I would just tell myself to, to ride the waves and that for everything, there's a season, you know, ups and downs and don't, don't be too high and don't be too low. Because the highs are there uh, for you to, to feel good and pat yourself on the back, uh, back about. And the lows are for down the road so that you can be even higher uh, than you already are. 2010 actually was when I was graduating college, you know, and it was actually a rough ending to college for me. And as I was going to make the move to New York as an actor, there's, there's that uncertainty of, of what's about to happen and are you going to be good enough and are you going to quote unquote make it. And yeah, you, you just have to have the wisdom to know that making it isn't ever going to be permanent or instant. And you have to be willing to put the work in and be patient. And you also have to be willing to, if you feel like you've made it, it's not forever and there's work to be done to to stay in that place
1: thank you so much for being on the show joe thank you for who you are and the work that you do also thank you for listening for who you are and the work that you do i want to highlight just a few things that joe shared in this episode that mind body and spirit are connected I say that in a different way, that we have our mental wellness, our physical wellness, and our digital wellness. In order to grow, we have to embrace failure. That could look like making mistakes or things not being the best or perfect with your first attempt, but failure is a huge part of growth. Also the final thing that I love that I just want to highlight for you is that, is it time to build your brand or build your bank account? One feels very long-term, the other feels very short-term focused. And regardless, the truth in both of those, as you'll learn if you join me for my free brand bootcamp, is that it all comes down to your reputation and in each individual relationship. So I actually really wanna hear from you. What was your favorite part of the conversation? What was your biggest takeaway? So if you would, take a screenshot right now and tag us on social media. Let Joe and I know what really popped for you, and I can't wait to connect with you. If you'd rather share that in a review, all good, Uh, but I definitely would love to hear from you. Now, if you want to go further to get started on your fitness or your entrepreneurial journey, I'd invite you to click the link that goes alongside this episode. I've gathered a curated list of resources for you, including a free trial, or built for the stage and invite to presence our annual online class that teaches personal branding and how to get photos that will pay you back uh, and other entrepreneurial resources including books uh, a nomad list of where you can travel and work remote how to get remote health insurance all kinds of good stuff so click that link We do have one more episode for season two of Conversations with Changemakers. So if you enjoyed this episode, I'd invite you to leave a review, check out our past conversations, and get subscribed for our season finale. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and giving us your time. Have the happiest holiday season and think about this. How can you use your work to change the world. Maybe you and I can have a conversation about it very soon.